Sorry, I'm going to wipe some tears away. I wanted to talk this morning on Mother's Day about the amazing love of God and mothers. I think there's uh, quite a connection between the two of them. Uh, There's a great comparison as well that we can see that the love of mothers and the love of God for us, they're uh, unconditional. How many could say amen? Dads might kick their kids in the seat of the pants and sometimes, you know, have to lock them up and be stern. I know this, that uh, uh, I don't stop loving them, but sometimes they don't necessarily feel like, you know, well, that's not love, Dad. Oh, that's love. That's love. Yeah, that correction is love. But the one thing that you'll find is uh, there was a uh, study done um, in a prison, and they asked uh, prisoners or told prisoners that uh, if they wanted to uh, have a Mother's Day card, it was free, the postage would be paid for them, and all they had to do was uh, come down and, and, and get a card to send to their mother for Mother's Day. 100% of the prisoners, you know, save the ones whose mother had passed on, uh, got a Mother's Day card and sent that off home to mom. Um, they did the same for Father's Day. Not one prisoner went to get a Father's Day card. Now, I would say it says something about the way that mothers are versus the way that fathers are. It doesn't mean we're not important today, dads, but it's not our day today. It's mom's day. Can you say amen? <laughs> there's also good reason for this as I believe that God created mothers and placed within them that special love there's something about when when a mother walks in the agape love remember we're talking about the amazing love of God and mothers but I want to say and add to that godly mothers there are mothers that aren't necessarily there for their kids but I've never seen a godly mother not be there for her kids even when her kids are wayward she stays in a, in a stance of prayer that they would come home. Can you say amen to that? So uh, that special gift uh, uh, of love is uh, giving. It's kind. It's self-sacrificing. It's forgiving. Uh, it's lasting. And all, all the other things spoken of in God's word concerning that kind of love. So if you're there in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, I want to read through this passage. And then we're going to look a little bit deeper at it. Starting in verse 1, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. does not behave rudely. Excuse me. does not seek its own. is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Say that with me. Love Love. never fails fails but where there are prophecies they will fail where there are tongues they will cease where there is knowledge it will vanish away for we know in part and we prophesy in part but when that which is perfect has come then that which is in part will be done away when i was a child i spoke as a child i understood as a child i thought as a child but when i became a man 
I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So the amazing, if you will, the amazing love of God and mothers. A mother's love has uh, a long been a concept that aligns itself with God's love. Anybody ever, ever heard somebody say, oh, a mother's love, right? We've heard those kind of phrases that call our attention to the fact that it's not just something in a moment, but it's something historically that has been known that a mother's love is a lasting love. God's love is the same way. His love is amazing in that when we were truly unlovable, God still loved us. Isn't that right? It says, while we're yet still sinners, right, God gave his son, and he gave his son because he loves us. And amazing enough, godly mothers give of their own life even when their kids don't deserve it. Can you say amen? It is a concept that is foreign, especially today, when you think of this kind of love. Uh, love today is not really the agape kind of love in our society. In church, that's what it is, or what it's supposed to be. But in our society today as a whole, people tend to use love more like a tool to get what they want. Young men might say to a young lady, oh, I love you, just so he can get something from her. And you all know what I'm talking about. A young lady might say to a young man, oh, I love you, just so she could have the security of a young man saying that she's beautiful. We do it in marriage all the time. I tell Angie I love her, you know, over and over so that she'll go cook something for me. <laughs> uh, some of you men are like, oh yeah. <laughs> I love you, baby. You, know, you tell her four or five times, she goes, honey, do you want something? Would you mind like, you know, rustling up some grub? <laughs> and off to the kitchen they go. So, uh, Women, you know, when you start thinking about, you know, I know uh, I'm three years, well, this year I'll be three years out. June the 5th, I'll be three years away from our 25th wedding anniversary. I have three years to get a big rock to put on her finger. <laughs> and she'll say, I love you so much, honey, and I do want a big diamond on our 25th anniversary. All right, I'll see what I can do about that. I'll call Kenya, you know. And please, uh, could you rustle me up a large diamond? <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's demonstrated every day by moms who give of themselves for their children, just as God did for us. The cross was history's greatest expression of love, and I believe that it's exactly what mothers take for their children in some of those hardest times, what we call taking the crucible, when a mom will lay herself on the cross for the sake of her kids, when a mom will put herself at the altar of God, praying for their souls that they might be saved. Here's the thing about this passage in Scripture. Corinth had a problem. That problem was they were not loving each other very well. Paul was bringing some correction to him here. There was dis uh, excuse me, disputings and troubles in the church. There was a lot of selfishness going on in the church as well. And Paul wanted to show them the real love of God and ask them to stop their bickering and realize that the way that they treated one another is meant to demonstrate, demonstrate God's love to others. Uh, the scripture, Jesus said that by our love for one another, the world will know that we're his disciples. So the manner in which we treat one another is very important if we hope to be a witness to the world of the love of Christ. Can you say amen? So uh, let's take a deeper look at the power of love here. Uh, number one, love conquers all bickering and brings blessing in the kingdom of God and in a home. 
Two, love builds fellowship and restores faith in the kingdom of God and in the home. Three, love draws together and brings wayward believers and lost sinners to salvation as it does wayward children home. I want to share a story with you to illustrate uh, about this. And I hope I can make it without crying. God help me. A, a young man sat alone on a bus and most of the time stared out the window. He was in his mid-twenties, nice looking with a kind face. His dark blue shirt matched the color of his eyes. His hair was short and neat. Occasionally he would look away from the window and the anxiety on his, his face touched the heart of a grandmotherly woman sitting across the aisle. The bus was just approaching the outskirts of a small town when she was so drawn to the young man that she scooted across the aisle and asked permission to sit next to him. After a few moments uh, of small talk about the warm spring weather, he blurted out, I've been in prison for two years. I just got out this morning and I'm going home. His words uh, tumbled out as he told her he was raised in a, a, a poor but proud family and how his crime had brought his family shame and heartbreak. In the whole two years, he had not heard from them. He knew that they were poor and that traveling that distance was impossible. Uh, in prison, his parents probably felt uh, too uneducated to write to him, and so he stopped writing to them when no answers came. <clears throat> Three weeks before being released, he desperately wrote one more letter to his family. He told them how sorry he was for disappointing them and asked for their forgiveness. He went on to explain about being released from prison and that he would take the bus to his hometown, the one that goes right by the front yard of the house where he grew up and where his parents still lived. In his letter, he said that he uh, would understand if they wouldn't forgive him. He wanted to make it easy for them and so asked them to give him a signal that he could see from the bus. If they had forgiven him, and wanted him to come back home, they could tie a white ribbon on the old apple tree that stood in, front, in the front yard. If the signal wasn't there, he would stay on the bus and leave town and be out of their lives forever. As the bus neared his street, the young man became more and more anxious to the point he was afraid to look out the window because he was so sure there would be no ribbon. After listening to his story, the woman asked simply, Would it help if I traded seats and I'll sit near the window and look out for you? The bus traveled a few more blocks and then she saw the tree. She, she gently touched the young man's shoulder and choking back tears said, Look, oh look, the whole tree, every branch had a white ribbon on it. See, 1 Corinthians gives us that kind of reflection of love. It's an agape love, an unconditional love that God has walked in towards us in giving his son. But I, I believe most of us have seen mothers who walk in that same kind of unconditional love. And we would do well to model that kind of love. Can you say amen? I want to take a deeper look at this and uh, give you some insight. Paul was showing them what love wasn't to show them what love was. Paul declared, this is not what love is. 
But this is what love is. I want you to look at this. The whole gospel message uh, is God's love story to mankind. Speaking without love is just noise, is what Paul is saying. No matter how you speak, you are weak without love. No matter how your words, they are worthless without love. No matter how sincere, you will fail without love. Concerning spiritual gifts, as Paul is, is, is speaking in this passage, without love, they are of no real worth. They might have some effect, but without love, the gifts of the Holy Spirit have no real effect if the motive behind them is not love. The gift of prophecy, knowing the future, if you will. While you might be able to declare that to somebody, without love, it has no lasting effect. You ever heard the term, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you... Very important for us to to have that kind of love in our lives. The gift of understanding. We understand all mysteries, but we don't have love. What good is it? The gift of knowledge, knowing God's will. What good is it if we do not have love? The gift of faith, if you will. The power to move mountains. How many of you want that kind of faith? You know, we all get mountains in front of us every once in a while in life, don't we? To have the kind of faith where we can look at that situation and simply say, be gone, is a pretty cool gift, isn't it? And it is a gift of God, faith. But love is something we work in our hearts. A gift that Christ brought through salvation that when we're saved, we have to work love out. Would you say that's true? we got to work it out. Here's, here's how I know that. I live with a woman I love dearly, but she ticks me off a lot. I live with children that I would run in front of traffic for some days. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? It's like there's certain days you're like, you know, I would run in traffic for you, but not today. <laughs> no. We know that no matter what happens, you know, when there's love, I'd give my life for this woman. I'd give my life for my children. I hope that I would live and give my life for each and every one of you, if you understand what that means. Simply this. When you look to the person to your left and right, just do that for me. Raise your hand if you know those people. Now look behind you. Raise your hand if you know those people. There's some hands that aren't up right now. Right? Would you give your life for them? Jesus did. Y'all getting this? Jesus did. See, I I love the fact that today we celebrate Mother's Day and we celebrate the kind of love that a mother has. But as a church, there's the other message we need to get, that God has that kind of love towards mankind, manifested it through His Son, whom we profess to believe in, and therefore we should look behind us and be able to say, I want to lay my life down for you as well. Prefer your brother above your... Yeah. The practical effects of an amazing love of God and mothers... Is really, it's really agape. Here, we're going to go through this again. If you want to go to verse 4 and 7, you'll follow along with what I'm saying. Verse 4 through 7 of 13 in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. Love suffereth long. So love, uh, if you will, uh, has that reacting approach. It doesn't react in a bad way. It reacts in a good way. Somebody does something wrong, I'm going to bear with you. It's going to suffer that situation. It puts up with a lot is a good way to say that. Say, I will will. love. Love. 
which means I'll put up with a lot. <laughs> That's exactly what it means. When you pray a prayer and you say, God, teach me how to love. And then you go to work and some new person has come on and, and you're like, this is one of the worst people I've ever been around in my life. God's like, well, you asked me to teach you how to love. So I've given you an unlovable person. This will do you very good. <laughs> it's a fact, man. It's like, you ever thought like, you know, I want to walk in the love of God. And you've got some of those people around you just like, man, this person is unlovable. So were we. While we were yet still sinners, he sent his son. And it's the same thing that God does for us. He puts situations in our life so that he can work love in us. Amen? Love does not envy. Envy springs where it comes from is selfishness. Love doesn't envy the person to your right and left, whom you may know. It doesn't envy the person behind you or in front of you. It doesn't envy the person that's down the street. The, the one thing we could say about America, keeping up with the Joneses, is really based in envy. It's based in selfishness. And it's a root that we don't want to allow in us because it's something that begins to erase the love of God in our heart. And if there's any selfishness in us, we should deal with it ruthlessly because it's not part of the kingdom of God. I know my mother did pretty well at that. Any of you mothers ever correct your kids for being selfish and not sharing the toy? Huh? Any of you mothers correct your husbands because they're not willing to share either? My wife will correct me sometimes. You know, we need to do this for the kids, but I want that. It's like, well, we need to do for the kids. Oh, okay. Thing I can say about Angie, Angie won't do anything for herself. If the kids and I don't do something for her, uh, she'll go without. And so we make it a priority to do things for her. I make it a priority to say, come on, you're going shopping. I remember one time I took Angie shopping. <laughs> and... Uh, and here's the deal. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, ooh, I'd like to spend this much on me. Flip that around, and I got it right. You know, we had received a blessing uh, from the IRS. You all know who the IRS is? <laughs> How many you receive blessings from the IRS normally? I should say it was actually H&R Block. Uh, we had them do our taxes. I'm thanking God Ken didn't do our taxes that year, because Ken would have never let this happen. Therefore, the blessing wouldn't have come, you know. But... Uh, <laughs> H&R Block made a mistake, and I sat and argued with the, the tax representative, or what do you call those, H&R uh, uh, Block representative. Um, what did you say? <laughs> Are we talking about love in here today? I'm just wondering. <laughs> Come on down to the altar and reprint, brother. You know, it's like, uh, so the guy keeps arguing with me, and I'm saying, and I know some of you have heard this story, but a lot of you haven't. Uh, he's arguing with, I said, that is, I'm a minister, therefore this is how my taxes have to be filed. Sir, you're wrong. I'm like, I'm not wrong. I know. I've been doing this for a long time. And he, he, he kept telling me, you're wrong. No, it's this way. It's this way. Wasn't it? I mean, we we're almost ready to roll him up, you know? It was getting really intense, and I'm like, you know what? Fine. And I'm thinking to myself, I do not have time for this. I've got so much going on. And I just wanted to come in here, finish this up, sign off, done, send my taxes away. So I thought, we'll just bring it back to the lady that's done our taxes here. We'll let him do that, and we'll bring it back and let her do the final on it. And so I sign off on it, knowing full well, man, this is not right. We call the lady. She's out of town. When she got back into town, 
she took a look at it. And here's the deal. Uh, they had sent it off already. And uh, that was a mistake on their part. Whoever knows what the miscommunication was there. But it went to the IRS. And the IRS sent us a $10,000 tax return. Yeah, you are thinking, that ain't right, Greg. <laughs> and uh, so we're calling her saying, hey, you know, look, we are not going to cash this check. This is, we know that this is wrong. She goes, it's fine. He shouldn't have done that, dot, dot, dot. Just go ahead and cash the check. We're like, uh-uh. <laughs> cash the check. Wouldn't it cash the check? Write a check back. And so we cashed it, wrote the check back to H&R Block, wasn't it? To the IRS. But what happens is she calls us up and says, look, that was our mistake. And if that would have stayed and you would have, because you could have gone off of what he said and it would have fallen back on us. And H&R Block would have had to pay $10,000. So when that happened, H&R Block's uh, rules are they're going to give you half of that. So they gave us a check for five grand. Now, anybody that said you can't pluck money from air, when you're a child of God, it can happen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, here's what happened. A little bit of extra money. So I'm like, you know, Angie needed some new clothes. And she would never buy them for herself. So I'm like, I'm going to go spend $1,000 on my wife. Ladies, don't look at your husbands right now, please. <laughs> so we take her out. <laughs> we take her out. And uh, so we're just going to go buy her a bunch of new clothes. And uh, the whole time, she's like, I just don't, I, we shouldn't do that, you know. And I mean, just on and on and on. She's a godly mother. She would lay herself down for her family and for her children. And so, I blessed her. That's what this day is really all about, see. It's about making sure we make it important. No, you don't have to go spend $1,000. Sorry, ladies. It was not a commercial to spend $1,000, but it is a commercial go and do something today that's a blessing to mothers. Amen? If you're mad at your mother, if you've got something going on that has not been mended or healed, fix it. Because this kind of love is talking about walking in forgiveness for whatever may be between you and your mother today. If you don't feel like you can fix it, then pray for her. Take that stance that says, I will lay my life in a place of praying for my mother so that today is a day of blessing for her. Because even though you might not be able to speak to her or talk to her, maybe there's uh, circumstances that keep that from happening. Maybe that's the case, but here's the deal. You can still lift her up to God, and I'm telling you right now, he has no limitations and he can bless her. Amen? Amen. Uh, love does not... Of, uh, vaunt itself it's not puffed up it's not prideful oh look at what i did now i know i just shared the story of what i did for angie that was a testimony the point is is it's not like oh i'm better than you are see in our relationship it's not i did this for you but you didn't turn and do that for me that what was i doing it for i was giving so that i could get and that's not the reason that we give we give so that we can be a blessing to others we don't give out of a prideful stance of what I want or envy. <clears throat> it doesn't behave unseemly. Uh, it doesn't seek its own. It's not unruly. And this is the one where the rubber meets the road, where we raise our voices at one another or where we might say things that we wish we could take back. The reality is love will keep us in check. 
Anybody ever felt that check? You, you start to say something and it's like, ah, that's love holding you back. Listen to it. Don't ever step across that line. Let love restrain you and keep you from behaving in an unseemly manner and saying something or doing something that you really can't take back. It can heal, but you can't take it back. It's out. It can mend, but you can't get it back. Let love be that barrier that keeps you from doing those things you shouldn't. It's not easily provoked. That ties into the same thing. It's not irritable. Now, I would say that if I have a little bit of a weakness, um, it would be that, that grumpy. Anybody get, ever get grumpy? You know, round, 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 round. Would you agree that that's a weakness? Love hasn't had its full work in me yet, right? You're laughing, so it's not true? It's true. It's true. You aren't allowed to talk, because I know you got the same, you got the same stuff, baby. It thinks no evil, hardly notices what others are doing wrong. Now, that's an interesting thing. It's not just you thinking about sinning. It, it, there's, there's evil in that, if you will. You don't want to have bad thoughts, but it thinks no evil. It's not going to think the wrong thing about people. It's not walking in suspicion towards everybody around them, but rather it walks in an area of trusting others. Maybe they haven't earned that trust, but you extend trust, you know? You give people that opportunity to prove you wrong in that. And then if they prove you wrong, now you have a great opportunity to walk in forgiveness and extend love anyway. Amen? See, love never fails. It doesn't have, a, it doesn't have an exit door. It, it, it doesn't have a, a, you know, plan B. Love is plan A and plan A and plan A and plan A. There is no plan B where it comes to love. That door is shut, and the only opportunity you have is to continue to extend love to people that are around you in the midst of any situation. It does not rejoice in iniquity. There's sin. It doesn't rejoice in the sin nature that causes injustice in people's lives. It doesn't celebrate the injustice of others. It doesn't uh, come to that place of uh, somebody wronged me and something bad happens to them, so yeah, it won't rejoice in iniquity. It won't rejoice in injustice. Uh, it rejoices in truth, though. See, Paul's telling you what love doesn't do, and then he shifts it. It rejoices in truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. Instead of looking for the little faults, love expects the best from those around you. Do you know what? Instead of looking at your own faults, love expects the best out of you. Is that not like your mom? Instead of looking at the wrongs that her children do, she helps to usher them into the rights that are possible for them if they'll go the right way. So there's a permanence to, uh, of love. Love never fails, as Paul said, and it won't steer you wrong. Prophecy will fail. Tongues will cease. Even special gifts of knowledge will disappear, but not love. It remains. So in closing... I want to share another story with you about uh, the lasting nature of love. The lasting nature of God's love. Does the Bible say he'll never leave us nor forsake us? Yep. The lasting nature of God's love. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. The lasting nature of God's love is 
The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Why does God make them new every morning? Anyone? He makes them new every morning because you need them every morning. (laughs) Every one of us have something in our day that causes us to wake up in the morning and say, I need your love today. Yeah, because yesterday, and we can find it. It's readily accessible to anyone who would come to it and be open to receive from God. And listen, here's the kicker, and go His way. Receive from love, walk in love. See, here's the reality. If you're not walking in love, did you ever receive that love that God is offering? See, we'll offer love if we receive love. So make sure you open up and receive God's love. And understand that it is lasting just like a mother's love. See, God won't give up. And nor uh, do most mothers give up. When I say most mothers, I'm talking about godly mothers. They don't give up because they know that all things are possible through Christ. If there has ever been a day to make sure that you know the love of God for you is true, it's trustworthy, it's dependable, God doesn't quit on you, today's the day to do that. Why? Because the comparison between God's love and a mother's love are very similar. Moms see their children much different than their children see themselves. No matter what they might be going through, God sees us so much different than we see ourselves. One final short story before I pray. There was another man named John that went to the Vietnam War. And his mother received a letter stating that he had died in the war. But his body had not been claimed. They had not found him. He was uh, missing in action, if you will, but uh, declared dead. And this mother didn't believe it and wouldn't believe it. She continued to pray every single day. She would wake, and her day would be filled with her chores and her prayer for John to come home. Day in and day out, friends would tell her, John's dead, you need to move on. John's not dead, he is alive, and he will come home. There was times where some of her closest friends thought about having her admitted into a mental institution because she had lost her way, if you will. And years and years went by. And one day the mother sitting on the porch in her normal routine praying for John to come home. And off in the distance she sees a man walking you know, down the gravel road to the house. And as he arrived to the house, she looked at him and, John, where have you been? It's another testimony of a mother's love being a lasting kind of love and being so tied to the agape kind of love of God. It's unconditional and it is everlasting. And there is nothing you can do to remove yourself from the hand of God. That's what the scriptures say, amen? Stand to your feet if you would. Father, I just thank you so much for our mothers and, and Lord, all of our families. Father, I pray special blessing on their time together today. I pray lots of stories are shared, lots of laughter, 
And uh, God, good food. Just let the time of fellowship, Lord, be sweet. And Lord, may each and every family member, Lord, those that, uh, whose mothers passed and gone on and, and today kind of has identification with pain, God, I pray for, for your love, Lord God, just to pour out upon them. For those that need to make things right with moms, I pray they'd do it today. I pray they would not hesitate one more moment, whether they were perfect or not, none of us are, but God, things would be made right. And I pray as we go today, your blessing would be with us. <laughs> and God, as we raise our children, I pray we would raise them to understand the importance of honoring mother and father so that their life will go well with them and Lord, that they would know that it's the first commandment with blessing for their life, that they honor their mother and father. So today, Lord, let the times and conversations be centered around you and our time together in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Oh, on your way out, on your way out, the kids are going to be handing the mother's roses. So make sure you get your rose. There's white ones, there's red ones, so whatever you want.